I got it. When I first heard about Dave being trapped in a maze. One, two, three, four. I built a labyrinth. Can you believe it? Dave is trapped in a cardboard maze in his living room and he can't get out. Welcome to Dave Made a Minute. The podcast where a whole bunch of us are exploring the film Dave Made a Maze one minute at a time. The twist. Many of the participants have never seen the film. Some don't even know what film they're sampling. They get their minutes and they tackle them as they see fit. Here's your host from the Groundhog Day Project and Michael Myers Minute, Robert Black. Minute 35. Our puppet heroes escape the Minotaur and Dave uses an old forks trick. To tackle Minute 35, we have me. Robert Black of Michael Myers Minute. You come home, there's a giant maze in your living room. You're like, what the? There's a giant maze in my living room. I've heard of people rearranging the furniture, but this is wackadoodle crazy. This doesn't make any sense. Did I promise? Did I promise to myself? It's like a fucking cocktail party in here. If I get a few words from you before you go. We begin Minute 35 with our heroes having been turned into paper bag puppets. The Minotaur has just approached, but it is a paper bag puppet too. Harry. Oh, well, that's not so bad. Except second four. The puppet Minotaur drops away and the full-size Minotaur shows up. Being puppets is not the worst thing that can happen. But I want to talk about the movie so far, before we get into these little paper bag heroes running from the Minotaur and becoming human again. In particular... I want to point out a trend regarding the maze design and the way it, the maze, interacts with the characters, and with us, the audience. Minute 16, Gordon gets cut sliding his hand along some cardboard and he starts to freak out. Minute 17, his panic sends him into a corner near a big red button labeled Don't Push, Gordon. He isn't in a position to push the button and be hit by the booby trap. It springs, though. Harry pushes it, and a hand that mirrors Dave's mitten-covered hand punches Gordon between the legs. This tells me two things. 1. Dave knew Gordon would freak out, and he knew how soon into the maze it would happen. 2. Dave knew someone else would be with him to push the button. Later, in Minute 43, we'll learn that Dave built the Vajora for Gordon, and Gordon will reply, Minute 44, rather unconvincingly, I don't know why you did. I get plenty of girls. All the time. Dave knows his best friend. And those plenty of girls, I'm guessing, live in Canada. Girlfriend, my girlfriend who lives in Canada. She couldn't be sweeter. I wish you could meet her. My girlfriend who lives in Canada. Her name is Alberta. She lives in Vancouver. She cooks like my mother and sucks like a Hoover. I email her every single day just to make sure that everything's okay. It's a pity she lives so far away in Canada. Minute 20. Annie finds a paper flower. In minute 21, Gordon finds a paper dildo in a room full of paper cranes and crumpled waste. These items are there for these characters to find. Minute 24, Jane steps on a rather obvious foot trap in a room full of people, and in minute 25, how does she die? Jane, who was so excited and eager to get into the maze in the early minutes of the film that she was metaphorically losing her head, literally loses her head. Minute 26, Greg wears a shirt covered in triangles in a room decorated with cardboard triangles and dies impaled on cardboard spindles. This was Greg's room to die in. Minute 29, Annie gets fed up with the maze and cuts her way through a wall. There she finds an eye, a forced perspective layered eye that has no business being in that spot, staring at that blank wall, except if Dave slash the maze knew exactly when Annie would get fed up, exactly where she would cut her way through a wall. And sure enough, it is right after this that Dave proves he knows where they are in the maze by finally catching up to them. 
and in that minute thirty, Dave arrives and heroically proclaims, follow me, then immediately runs into a dead end because A, he is not entirely in conscious control, and B, he needs his friends. He needs Annie. Annie finds the secret door in that dead end to escape. Annie will build the mount for his chrysalis, which sounds weirdly sexual out of context, and it's a spoiler. The maze also interacts with us. For example, I pointed out in my intro from minute 15 that the enter sign above the door to the maze had turned from white to green. In minute 22, when the hobo was enjoying his drink and our heroes were escaping the origami room, the sign was purple. When our heroes find their way, they think, out of the maze, in minute 44, the sign is red. Gordon's shirt changes over time, getting more detail as he takes on a more heroic role. But one of the biggest interactions the maze and the film makes with the audience is the perspective room we've heard about this week. The characters don't arrive in the perspective room from an angle that makes the angles work for them. The angles work for us. Annie's portrait is on the wall. The chair is by the table. The cup is on the table. This room only makes sense as a set for us. The fifth beetle, as director Bill Watterson put it back in minute one. Additionally, just last minute, our heroes became puppets. On the one hand, in terms of production, the sequence was filmed later and... Written later? I'm not sure. Nothing happens while the characters are puppets that actually affects the plot, is the thing. But like the previous deaths of Jane and Greg, and presumably Bryn, there is danger in these puppet minutes. The Minotaur chases them. They dodge traps like they're in a paper bag puppet adaptation of Indiana Jones. Only the puppetry man will pass. Puppetry. Puppetry. And the cartoony nature of them being puppets, like the spray string for guts and yarn and streamers for blood, reduces the horror of the situation even as it peaks. Similarly, in minute 72, as the maze is collapsing and we get a montage of pieces of it falling, we cut to a shot of the exterior of the maze, small and pathetic, in Dave and Annie's apartment, shaking. The drama of the maze itself isn't the point. What it does to the characters, and to us, that is the point. Second nine, Dave comes to a big cardboard pipe in the wall. Dave, this way, everybody down here. Second fourteen, Dave jumps into the pipe, and the puppet has adorable little legs. Annie follows. Cut to interior, cardboard chamber. Day? Puppet sequence is over, as Dave rolls down a ramp toward us, human again. Annie comes after. Dave takes a position by the door and assumes the Hollywood tension-sustaining job of cheerleader as he motions everyone through the doorway they're coming through anyway. Dave, go, go, go. Seconds 27 to 29, this may be the only time the cameraman has his equipment ready faster than the boom operator. As, second 29, Dave pulls something out of his bag and tosses it. Dave, here, Annie, what's this? And I love this moment in the movie. On the one hand, Dave's inner child is all over this moment. And it takes me back to making blanket forts of my own as a child. Hanging blankets over the dining room chairs, finding items heavy enough to hold them down, because for some reason it never occurred to me to snag some of my electrician father's tape to secure anything. Dave explains to Annie as he hangs a towel over the opening they all just came through. It's an old fort trick. Temporary wall. And the other thing that I love about this moment is how quickly Annie is to help or take over. I said before, with that dead end in minute 30, Dave cannot do any of this without Annie. And it's a wonderful commentary on their relationship, how quickly she can take the lead then and help out now. 
We saw way back in minutes four through seven, Annie was barely putting up with Dave having built a cardboard fort in their living room, but she seemed more resigned to Dave's shenanigans than resistant to them. I've seen similar looks many times from my ex-wife when I was the stay-at-home parent and I got to watch movies and build things out of Lego while she was at work or when we weren't even together anymore and I was supplementing my mental health through grad school with a maddening blog about movies that had me watching movies every day or even now. Taking up podcasting and having it eat up so much of my spare time that could be spent. That could be spent on more productive things, I suppose. My ex-wife is one of the greatest people I know. That she has ever been able to put up with me is stupefying sometimes. Also, I'm pretty sure she could rescue people from a cardboard maze and take on a minotaur, just like Annie. Second 33, Annie protests a little. And I swear the noises that come out of her are not even words after a pretty clear what. Dave, just tape it. Shh. They tape the towel over the doorway. The ramped-up music drops down like Dave is also shushing the film score. Second 37, angle on the gap beneath the towel. The minotaur's hooves stomp into view. Second 40, Dave and Annie crouch down, arms around each other. And Gordon looks on like maybe Adam Bush didn't realize he was in the shot. Second 46, Annie notices it first. The cardboard walls around the covered doorway are bending in. We will see later, subtly in minute 51, and more obviously in minute 66, that the Minotaur can be massive when it wants to be. Second 52, pull back and we can see Boom Operator has his mic up, of course, and Cameraman is looking a little scared. We end the minute close on Annie and Dave, the blue towel blowing a little in the breeze. And then I could probably disarm all the traps, and then we could, we could finish this maze! Who is with me? That was me, Robert Black and Michael Myers Minute Take on Minute 35 of Dave Made a Maze. I will be back next time on Dave Made a Minute to take on Minute 36. Thank you for listening to Dave Made a Minute. Intro dialogue snippets were taken from Dave Made a Maze, directed by Bill Watterson, written by Bill Watterson and Steve Sears, and produced by John Charles Meyer. Intro music is Diversion by The Equals, featured in the film Dave Made a Maze, and Life Cycle of a Match by Parvis Decree. Outro music is Leaving This Godforsaken Place and Her Presence is Strong Here by Parvis Decree. Dave Made a Minute is a production of Lemming Drop Studio and all other featured podcast producers. You can find more content at lemmingdrops.com. Check us out on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Dave Made a Minute. If you like what you hear, throw us a rating and review on your podcatcher of choice. And check out all of the participants' other shows to spread the love around. Again, thank you for listening. As long as we're all working together, this is going to be fine. It's going to be great. I need you to notify the families of everyone who died here today. Totally. Wait, what?